Hello, hello, and this is Lady L, and you're listening to Wickedly Bewitching Podcast, a podcast about a millennial witch practicing witchcraft in the modern world. Hello, hello, and this is Lady L, and you're listening to Wickedly Bewitching, and I want to say it's been a while. (laughs) I haven't had a podcast recording and I'm going to say probably about a week to two weeks and I greatly apologize for that. The reasoning behind it is, is I have some really big projects coming up that I am ridiculously excited about and I'm trying so hard not to say anything, but I'll definitely say that I will be doing an fun and unique, (laughs) something different podcast for Saturday. So stay tuned to Saturday. Saturday, I will be dropping uh, a nice podcast, something, something I've done a little bit differently than my usual podcast episodes. And that actually brings me to this podcast episode. We have dived into the world of the spookiness hauntings, we've talked about exorcisms, we've talked about possessed possessions such as dolls, we've talked about the state of the world, talked about all the retrograde, the different planetary alignments that have been going on, and trust me, there's so much more amazing things that I'm going to be sharing about that on Monday. So stay tuned to Monday for that, and we'll talk more about what is in store for us for the next four years. But then we've also talked about zodiac signs, and this one is still keeping with that zodiac sign feel and vibe, except for I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to add a little bit spiciness to it. So if you're born in October, (laughs) you are a wonderful baby that came out of a great period of romance, of lust and love, and, well, just some cheeky action happening in February. And that's awesome. You have this exuberant, amazing, sensual energy. And that's going to be about this whole episode. I'm going to be diving into the world of astrology And I'm going to talk about the Venus side of astrology. So before I head in, I'm just going to give a forewarning for all those young viewers. This episode will contain adult content. It is advised that you must be over 18 to listen, but it is the airwave and I can't control you. So this is 18 plus content. These are... And may not apply to you or your partner. These are generalizations of each zodiac sign. Remember, when it comes to sex, you always want to consent, 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 and practice safe sex. No matter what you do, make sure that it's safe for both of you. So now that we've got the logistics and legal side of it, let's talk about sex. Astrological sex. And this came about having a conversation with a couple of people and we were just talking about zodiac signs and we were looking into what I wasn't, (laughs) but a lovely Virgo was looking into a possibility of an interaction with somebody and it just kind of spurred about this conversation and I brought to attention that each zodiac sign acts differently when it comes to sex. So this can be in part of the placement of what your Venus is. If you have Scorpio in your Venus and you're in Aries, your interaction with sex, with love, your interaction with that kind of feel and vibe is going to be significantly different than if you were somebody who was a Scorpio Scorpio, if you were with somebody who had I've been a Taurus and their Venus was in Taurus, that that Venus controlled love, unity, balance, and healing. So it affects how we like to be purred, to me to purr, like little kittens. And so I wanted to kind of 
have fun with this and talk about what are different ways that each zodiac sign approaches sex. And we all approach it very differently. Experience has a factor to do with it. Knowledge has a factor to do with it. A little bit of a share story. When I was in high school, one of the biggest things that I actually really liked, and I definitely feel like this should happen more often, is that I actually was with somebody who started, I think they called it a sex book, to be very honest. I think there was no like fanciness to it. And they created a book where they actually put a lot of information about sex. We were young. We didn't have a lot of knowledge. And sex doesn't necessarily mean the intercourse between two people. Sex can mean the intimacy leading up to it, the way that we treat each other's bodies, sex with ourselves, right? Masturbation is another form of it as well. So this book gave a lot of information. We would pass it from another person. So if you took the book to look through it, you were obligated to add five pages of new information. So the book pertained to all sorts of sex. So they talked about self-sex. It talked about sex between two opposite sex. So uh, whether you're male or female cis, it talked about having sex uh, in a with somebody with who is trans, somebody who uh, had no uh, doesn't identify with a particular gender, because that also plays a huge factor. We had things in there of same-sex couples as well. There was a lot of information about different types of uh, sexually transmitted viruses that you can get that were in there, ways to protect yourself. And then there was stuff in there as well when it dealt with creating a relationship and building relationship. And eventually this book got like fairly large and it was passed on and passed on and passed on and then eventually turned into a digital format, which is super cool. But again, you would need a password. It would have to be passed on. But the key and the goal was about education, but not education to harm, education to expand. So that's a big thing when it comes to sex is about consent, about making sure both parties feel comfortable and feel good in it, right? (laughs) So that was something that I thought was really neat because even going back and thinking about it, and as you get older, right, and you have different partners, if you do have different partners, and some people, when it comes to sex, uh, there is no sexual uh, intercourse in that, right? So there's different forms of of sexual identity. So we're not going to necessarily touch base with that. Again, this is all generalized. But when it comes to to that intimacy, knowledge plays a huge, huge factor. If you go in it without very little knowledge and you're too afraid to communicate with your partner, sex may not be fulfilling for both parties. Communication is so important. So if you have a partner and you're active with them, I strongly suggest talking. If you don't already, talking, talk, talk a lot. Get to know one each other, one another. Get to know that side of you. I grew up in a, a very religious background, so sex talk was not talked about. I unfortunately, but unfortunately, I had a little brother when my when my mom was twenty five and I was five, and I wanted to know where babies come from. And my step grandmother, she taught. Univers- or not university, but high school. And she brought over a film that was a cartoon for high schoolers. Now, if you give a five-year-old, I think it was four, I wasn't five yet. He hadn't, hadn't been born yet. But if you give a four-year-old that in kind of information and it's done up in a cartoon way where we can absorb it and understand it a lot more. And trust me, it took me a long time to want to have a blanket that had cats on it because... There were some weird weird things that happened in that video, but it gave me so much information and I actually happened to have gone to a religious school and so I had this brand new information and I'm like, oh man, people need to know about it. And we were talking when I went to school the next day and I was talking to a bunch of kids and we had to draw Noah's Ark and each of us had to pick 
an animal. Dipick turtles. Now, Noah's Ark, for all of you guys who do not know, consists of two animals. Two by two by two by two that go into this huge wooden ark that Noah built. And it's to save them from the flood. But we're not going to go into logistics of it. The focus is on these two animals. So in my child brain and the new knowledge I've got in, I was like, wow, these animals must be there to procreate. Hmm. So I asked, unbeknownst to my poor teacher, do we make them a male and a female? And she's like, yeah, you can add a little bow, put them in a little dress. But yeah, you can make them a male and female. And I said, okay, but can I actually draw them as a male and female? And she said, yes, yeah, get creative. And when you give that information to a four-year-old who has just learned about sex, I'm going to draw a anatomically correct male and female turtle. Yeah. My female had a breast. She had labias. She actually had a vulva to which I drew the insides because I felt like that was also imperative to know. We wanted to know about her actual whole vagina inside. So I drew that too. And I even drew a nice fluffy pubis area. And the male, I drew a balls and a penis and little nipples. And again, a pubis area. Lots of fluff. And so, as everybody else was making their paintings or their drawings, a lot of them turned and they looked at my drawing and was like, whoa, what's that? And so, I gave four-year-olds their first sexual education. First, it started off with five people at my table, and before you knew it, the whole class was gathered around my table. And I am talking about where babies come from, and how he has a penis, and you have a vulva, and you have ovaries inside, and he has balls. And I went into explicit details as a four-year-old with pure excitement over this brand new knowledge had gone into. And one of them was like, my mommy is pregnant and having a baby too. How do you have babies? Well, my friend, let me tell you the journey of copulation and where babies come from. And so... As Aries do, I told this wonderful story about where babies come from. And then eventually my teacher was like, hmm, something's up. Every student keeps leaving their group tables. And now there's a massive group around this one particular table. And as she approached, she sees me talking about it. And I didn't get to finish my story. And I was pretty distraught. I was like, but I'm not finished. <laughs> I haven't gone to the best part, man. <laughs> I haven't gotten to like how it actually works. I haven't gotten to the semen. And I remember saying that semen, I haven't gotten to the semen and the whole like class was like semen. What's that? Mm. Yes. <laughs> so looking back, I'm like, oh man, honestly, if my, <laughs> I wouldn't even, there'd be no way I could keep a straight face. <laughs> so needless to say, there was a call and I got picked up. I usually get picked up, but this time I got picked up by my stepdad and my mom. And my mom is chuckling. And I'm sitting outside of this classroom on a desk, and I don't really understand what's going on. And when I asked how come everyone else's picture could go up, my teacher told me, yours is so beautiful. I don't want to make any other student jealous. So as they come in to talk to the teacher, because I got told to sit out there while they were talking to, to my parents about how beautiful and how amazing my, my painting was. Before they enter, I go, hey, dad, mom, my painting's so beautiful, it makes everyone else jealous. That's why the teacher called you. Yeah. They looked in, looked like they had fine, straight face because uh, they didn't know what, why they were being called in. And then afterwards, uh, when they left, my mom 
was holding back tears of laughter. Like every time when she talked to me, her body would shake <laughs> with this hidden laughter. I mean, <laughs> you have to think about it. It's a very funny situation. And my mom even said like, uh, that video should have never been shown. But your mom wanted to show it. And look what happened. Oh, my stepdad was so angry. So pissed off. He was so embarrassed. I had no clue what had happened. And then when I got older, I didn't remember. You don't, we don't remember those memories the same way, right? I came across the two turtles drawing and I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> those are detailed, super detailed. So when it comes to sex, it's really important to have the conversations and not all of us get those conversations at the appropriate ages. And because of that, when we go into relationships and we, we go into having sex with other people, sometimes it can get all kerfunkled. And we don't communicate and we don't have those conversations, you know, where you you tell them point blank, move, that is dangerous. Maybe you maybe we hold back on what you're doing and go a little gentler, or the opposite. So when it comes to sex with different zodiac signs, they react very differently. Sex with every Aries is not going to be the same, and sex with every Leo is not going to be the same. But there are some commonalities, and a lot of it has to do with where they're placed on the body, meaning different parts of our body, the zodiacs, that particular astrological sign kind of governs it, and that helps a lot. Even the mantra of each and every single zodiac sign, every sign has its own kind of key to unlocking. Now, we kind of briefly touched base last time when I gave the brief intro into astrology and generalized everything. This one, we're kind of going more into the meat and potatoes of each zodiac sign. So, as with all things... Aries, we will start with you first. And Aries are that fiery, passionate, intense zodiac signs. We're ones that are the life of the party, not in the same sense of a Leo. We'll both stand up on a table. We'll both ask for attention. But a Leo will command attention. And if there's a one person in the back of the room that did not hear their story... Don't worry, Aaliyah will repeat that story to ensure everyone hears it. We still have that same intense passion, but we've got a lot more fiery kick. And when it comes to Aries, we're a cardinal stein. We're all about starting it. So Aries has a lot of creativity, a lot of energy. And because of that, we tend to have that passionate sexual side of us. We don't have the sexual energy like a Scorpio does, which we'll talk more about, but we do exude passion. Everything we do, it's with every gusto. So when you have sex with an Aries, they're not a missionary type person. They're not going to lay back, counter tiles. I mean, if an Aries is counting your tiles and is going through <laughs> every crack on your ceiling, that means that they're bored. Aries likes excitement, not excitement and in in crazy wild excitement, but they love the passion, the buildup, that foreplay. Aries are big on foreplay and the building up, the creating those connections. When they love, they love with all of their heart, all of their soul and all of their being. But Aries are slightly selfish. I'm sorry, Aries. I know, I know myself. Sometimes I tell myself I am not selfish. People misunderstand me, but I'm not going to lie. I do focus on myself. I focus on myself to make sure that I am healthy and happy so that I can be a better partner for somebody else. And when I give my love, I give every ounce, fiber, soul, and being. So when an Aries loves you and actually has verbalized they love you, every molecule of their being loves you. 
It's all or nothing, baby. It ain't halfway highways. It ain't half one foot in the door and one foot in the door. They love all of you. And Aries sits at the head. Their mantra is I am, which means that they create the world that they're in. If they don't like the world they're in, guess what? They're going to leave. Sorry, this isn't working out. I was bored. Well, they may not tell you. Well, no, Aries are truthful, so they might actually tell you that they're bored. I know I have said it sometimes. And sometimes I haven't because that person didn't have, they wouldn't have been able to handle being told bored. So because they sit in their head, that's where I would start. Start your your foreplay with the head. Now you're thinking, uh, what head? The head attached to your neck, silly goose, silly goose. That head, that's the head you want to start off with. Aries may be hot and passionate. They may have one night stands because in that moment, there is that intensity, that fire, that flame. There's something going on. They're enjoying the moment. The party was great. The conversation was better. They may have that fiery gusto. And then just in that moment, because we do a lot of things without thinking, we just go for it. We'll hop on that plane. We'll go, well, maybe not right now, but we'll hop on that plane. We'll go to that destination and we'll enjoy every moment of it. There's really no regret necessarily when it comes to us. So when you focus on stuff like that, start with the head. Play with their hair. Talk about how awesome they are. And honestly, like, be truthful. Oh, I love how passionate you are. You just, oh, just excite me. You're just like a fire. You're really get the room going. Playing with the hair is a big thing. I know a lot of Aries that almost like it coos and caws them and calms them and cuddles them. So Aries is all about that head energy. Taurus, on the other hand, is a taka. They like to talk about themselves. They like to talk about all their possessions. They like to talk about what they have. Their mantra is, I have for a reason. I know a lot of tourists that are materialistic. They have possessions or they have stories that are like possessions for them. I do this fantastic volunteer work in the third world countries and I do these fantastic things. Look at how cool I am. They don't have an ego. In the same sense, like a, like the Aries does, but they have that, that I'm not pride, but looked what I have. So it's cool. And because they're very focused on possessions, their sex is kind of connected in with it. They're, they are loud during sex. They're not quiet. If you know a Taurus that's quiet, then their Venus is probably not a Taurus. <laughs> they're quiet. They're quiet. They're usually loud moaners. They love the sound of moaning. They, they get excited over it. Chances are you can moan in a Taurus's ear and they are ready to go. They just love that sound. They're about possessions. So when they don't have things that they can possess, they tend to be unhappy. The one downside with Taurus is they become possessive over their partners. There is a sense of control. So if you're submissive, a Taurus is good for you, but you want to make sure you also have safety. You don't want to be too controlled where you lose that sense of control and things can get dangerous. But Taurus have definitely that, they, that ownership. So it would not shock me if a Taurus was into that BDSM lifestyle, that, that ownership, the I have in them. Cancers, on the other hand, are kind of the opposite. They sit in the stomach and in the breast. It wouldn't shock me. I know quite a few Cancers that actually have their nipples pierced. And that does not shock me in any way, shape, or form. Because they sit in the stomach. A good, warm meal. 
that preparation before sex or food afterwards. Definitely. You're definitely one that will end up having hot, sweaty sex makes a big muckus of mess because messes are not necessarily a big deal for cancers. Cancers make what I call a nest. They have to have nests. And they always have this like crazy chaotic messiness that kind of almost creates a comforting nest. All this like piles of dirty clothes around their bedroom, you know, books out. Like they just create little comforting nests. And so their sex is going to have the same thing. There's going to be tousled sheets. There's going to be a bit of a mess. They are going to be hot and sweaty. You know what? They're going to go afterwards and they're going to go and grab food. They're going to sit in bed and have a whole rack of ribs, some potato chips, a couple of fries. They're going to come back with apple pie. Food after sex to replenish them is very key. So cancers, you can even use food play involved. Get a little bit of food play. Use Chocolate sauce is a very common one. Whipped cream is very common. But get a little bit creative. It doesn't have to be necessarily sweet. You can use savory and sweet. You can start off with something super savory. Like you can utilize, like I have a friend who uh, who has cancer in their venus and bacon is like a thing for them. So there's a little bit of bacon involved to get a little bit creative not not too overly (laughs) wild and creative but cancers sit with the I feel so they're all about emotions and all about feelings they have better sex when they love you they have a very sense of family orientation so there is a lot of comfort to them which is often why Taurus is great paired with cancer Because cancers have that more submissive mannerisms and a Taurus has a more dominating mannerisms. And then there's Gemini. Geminis are about arms and lungs, about breath. So they're great for utilizing the Tao of sex, a lot of breath work. The nice thing too is that they're about communication, about mind. Their mantra is the I think. So when it comes to Gemini's, I would say tickling is like soft touches, dragging your fingers over their shoulders, down their arms, up to their hands, that soft touch, breathing on them gently on their neck, that breath of air in, even when it comes to sex, using that rhythmic of breath, right? Both you guys are breathing, breathe together, focus on, on each other, look at each other in your eyes and breathe. And as you're breathing together as one, definitely would make it more intimate. And because of that, Gemini too, communication, having lots of talk, you can do dirty talk, but their communication's a lot different, not necessarily dirty talk, but of the mind. So having a very intellectually stimulating conversation with a Gemini, really getting them, talking about their passions, what brings that, that, that breath of life to them, having really good conversations about that, even talking about what your sexual preference is, what you prefer to have done for you is another way of enticing it and really bringing that, that, that breath in. And think about it, it's all about breath, breath, soft touches. I dated a Gemini for six years and they loved soft touches, that brushing of your fingertips over their back and down their shoulders and, you know, up their arms and down their arms, like that soft touch, they purred like a kitty cat. And speaking of purring kitty cats... Leo's. Ooh, Leo, Leo, Leo. Now, I'm not going to lie. Out of the ones we've talked about so far, Aries, Taurus, Cancer, Gemini, Taurus is probably 
so far, the only ones that have been really super exciting when it comes to that sexual side is Aries and Gemini. But now we're going with the Leos, and Leos got a lot more excitement. They're like a youthful fire flame. So Leos are a fixed sign. And fixed signs are the ones that like continue the work along. So they're not the creative, they're not the finishers, <laughs> they're the continuers. And so Leo's sex with a Leo is not a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It is a, I hope you have your whole evening booked off, ma'am, until the next day, ma'am. And you might want to take off the next day so you can recover and recuperate and get the sleep that you lost all last night, kind of, ma'am. Leo's are kitty cats. And they are. They're they're a lion. And so they're all about that creativity, that uniqueness, that will. They're, their zodiac sign sits at the heart and at the spine. And the spine is about that confidence, that energy. Even as I say it, I'm like talking about Leos. I feel very, oh, I'm in charge. Look at my kingdom that I have created around me. Because of that, because they have that kingdom, that kingly loyalty energy, that prideful energy, sex is a perfect way to kind of feed that pride in because they also sit at the heart. And that's what a lot of people forget. Even though that the sex is very creative with a Leo, sometimes people will throw the Leo as a one night stand and they, they want more than that. They want, maybe not like the family locker down like a cancer does, but they look at it in a different perspective. They want that heart side fed. They want that pride side, that ego fed. And to get a Leo really purring, worship them from head to toe. A Leo would purr. If you gave every part of them attention, every part, ears, their nose, the chin, the wispy hairs on the top of their head, the crack, just the little like area where the neck meets the shoulder. Oh, they would love that all the way down to the toes. It was actually what sparked it all when I was talking about this with, uh, with the people that I was, I said that a Leo needs to be worship. A Leo needs the, no baby, keep the lights on. Cause I want to see every part of you in the light and I don't want to miss a single beat that, that would make a Leo purr because you are putting them as a part of your word world. You're making them the focus. Ooh, and if you can make them the focus, they will turn around and they will definitely give it back. And that's where I find a lot of people think that that's not the case for a Leo. But a Leo, no, a Leo needs sex. And Aries, because of all that passion, needs that sexual, we need sex. We, as a human race, they're maybe not set necessarily like, because some people are asexual and, and, and that as well. And so they don't need the physical sex. But that there's still an intimacy when you're with somebody. When there's a partnership. When there, when there is that, that connection. It creates that, that fiery flame. Connection is so important for humans. We're not, we're not created in this world to be alone. And Leo exudes that. They, they will definitely give back what they receive and then there's virgo and virgo is a virgo is a tough nut my friend very tough nut i have a virgo i totally understand they they i would say out of the whole zodiac sign and i'm really sorry earth signs but when it comes to sex i mean it's different than a fire sign and and an air sign i definitely will say fiery signs and Scorpios with that fiery energy are really good. And air signs are really good. Air signs are different. <laughs> Definitely different. They're a lot, lot more oh, grounded. Like very practical. 
They have the Taurus. It's about possessiveness, whereas Virgos are about analyzing it. They're very analytical and they get stuck in their head. So the key for them is to get them out of their head. You can get them out of their head. Now, one thing I'd like to say, say, and I'm sorry, Virgos, I'm going to give away a secret that you probably don't want people to know, or you do. I'm not really sure, (laughs) but Virgos are not virgins. Yes, I have yet to meet a Virgo that has been a virgin. I'm not going to lie. And they're not only just not virgins, they're, uh, they're definitely experienced. But the nice thing is, a Leo would tell everybody, I just had sex, and like, play the song, and like, oh yeah, it was awesome, oh, and all this crazy stuff happened, oh, there was like whipped cream and candles, and oh, it was, shit got real, and it lasted like six, eight, nine, I can't even, I think two days, maybe, maybe, I'm not sure, Virgos on the other hand, you are lucky to even know that a Virgo is with somebody. Not going to lie. They could be dating somebody for a very long time before they even bring them to a family. And when they do, it's like the family's like, oh, oh, this one's serious. Yep. My husband in particular is a Virgo. And a lot of people, honestly, they were like, I just assumed he did not like sex. When I talked to him, I was like, you've definitely had more than one partner, correct? And his thing is, is I don't... Yeah, but the number, I don't know. It's not really important. And it isn't. It isn't, that isn't their focus. They don't, you know, make notches on their bedpost. And for that, sex for them is very private. What happens between the sheets and closed doors, it's private for them. I mean, they'll talk about sex. That's not a problem. But when it talks about what has happened that that's very quiet for them I mean they'll talk like I like it and these are all the things I like but not about their partners which is really nice but because they have that analyze that service and then they sit at the bowels that's where a lot of focus needs to be in playing is making them open up to not analyze what I think is kind of funny is uh what started this whole thing was the one of the people who were there, she is a Virgo. And so she was actually looking at the star chart of a person she was going to see. And I thought it was hilarious because my husband too, he's like, I had to like, you know, first time meeting somebody, I needed to know, I need to do recon beforehand. I needed to analyze the situation. So I felt comfortable. So when you're with a Virgo, don't get offended if they have to analyze the situation. Some Virgos may come out with like a bunch of facts. Some may not say anything to you at all, but they may have already done their due diligence to ensure that that environment for them is safe and comfortable. They need to know everything around them. Kind of reminds me of um, that military mindset, right? You do your surveillance of your area. You got to like make sure everything's there. Okay, check, check. You've got, you know, your body parts are all in check. You're all in check. But they also still like excitement because once they're comfortable, they are willing to be more, not willing, let me rephrase that. That's a very bad word to use. But they're more comfortable and more open to the idea of doing more adventurous things, creating that comfortability. For my husband, I rubbed his belly. I made sure he was comfortable. I fed him a really good steak dinner Things that like made him feel comfortable. We, we snuggled. I massaged him. Anything that like got him to relax and get his mind off of things is very key. Libras are not Libras. Sorry. Virgos are very big on that comfortability. They don't want to jump into sex and start thinking about, oh, you know, did I pay my bill? Did I get this done? No. One thing I would definitely suggest when it comes to a Virgo is do like a shower preemptive. You know, Virgo hops in the shower, gets themselves ready. You come into the shower with them. Do that foreplay in the shower. 
help clean them from head to toe. You know, take the shampoo and and make it sensual. Don't 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 be goofy. <laughs> and it, it's going to lose its spark. But do the whole cleaning before you end up having sex. My husband actually made a joke and he's like, you can tell it's a Virgo when the Virgo takes all your bed sheets off and is like, okay, I'm going to go clean your bed now. (laughs) And he laughed too, because he even said, he's like, showers like super sexy. So making them comfortable, getting them out of their head, being honest is a very big thing with them. And foreplay in a shower is a great way to definitely get started. But just because they're a Virgo doesn't mean that they're not open to different ideas they are they just need to be comfortable in order to feel open they need to make sure that their area is safe and comfortable for them so we definitely find that their own home they tend to have a lot of a better experience or a home that feels comfortable for them feels inviting then you have libras and libras yeah we know you're a scale you're about balance. You're also about relationships. And you sit at the kidneys. So just above the hips is is where you sit. And the one thing with Libras is, is my favorite thing that I get whenever anybody asks me is, oh, nobody ever can guess mine. Everybody always thinks I'm everyone else's zodiac signs. But nope, nope, can never get me. I'm like, okay, so you're a Libra? <laughs> Libras are very chameleon-like. So if a Libra is with a Scorpio, their sex is going to be wild and and orgasmic. If a Libra is with a Cancer, it's going to be a lot more comforting, a lot of feeling and, and food after sex, right? Lots of eating after sex. If they're with a Taurus, there's going to be that possessiveness. If there was an air with an Aries, it's a lot of passion, you know, so on and so forth. So Libras really mimic the people they're with. So when it comes to them, it's a little bit harder to kind of peg down exactly how they would want things because in reality, they're all about balance. They're balancing themselves to you. So whatever you do, they like. So a Libra is not a person I would necessarily, you get off and you forget about them because they'll remember Definitely. They may not be as vindictive as a Virgo. They may not be waiting for the perfect time to, of, of tack. But a Libra is all about balance. So if you're a person that gets too excited too quickly, we'll say, or one that tends to be a little bit more selfish and would rather have the focus on you, this is your opportunity to kind of let that go. Let it go. I don't care how you do it meditation, picturing things, whatever can calm that down so that both of you guys can have an equal experience, your experience is going to be a lot better. Trust me, mucho grande better. And then there's Scorpio. And Scorpio, I mean, they're all about the sex. They literally sit in the sex organs. They're about intimacy and death, which is like really great crazy polar opposites and they're about creating oh a scorpio the best way to describe them is is they walk out with their cocks out they exude sensuality so their sex is very sensual very sensual and a lot (laughs) not saying that every scorpio likes to have a lot of sex but a scorpio is very sensual they they like candles that like intensity right that that death and intense intensity they're just a very intense sexual partner so i would do like candles and drip wax they would be perfect for that be a little bit more edgier you can do a little bit more not so much i would say like a taurus is when it comes to bdsm they do have that kind of in charge But a Scorpio is more than likely going to be your mistress. (laughs) They're going to be the one that's in charge with the high heel shoes, that, that beautiful sensualness. They like a little bit of the worship like Leo does, but not to the same extent. Theirs is all about sexual energy. Being confident with them is absolutely key. 
You can't walk in with them and, and be quaking in your feet. Shaking in your feet or shaking in your boots, I think is how it goes. They love sensual. Sensual sexuality. Being confident. Being intimate with them. Being creative. Coming up with something specific for them. And don't you dare ever use that for anyone else. Whether it's a new position whether it's a way that you hold them when you're having sex. They don't care about whether the lights are on or off. They want it sweaty. They want it dirty. They want it good, rough. They want all of it. They would be a wonderful person to practice sex magic with, hands down. I would like candles. Oh, whole thing. Leather, whips, lace, handcuffs blindfold oh they're just oh they're just so sexual i just love how how beautiful they are in that retrospect they would even do um pet play like where you know there's a little bit of a petness to them like they may be a kitty cat and you may be the master whatever the case may be they love sex for the most part i mean this is all generalized there's Sagittarius and Sagittarius, they sit with the hips and with the thighs and they're about the teaching and the travel I perceive is their mantra. And one of their things too is, is that they've got one foot in the door and one foot out. So when it comes to sex, they're more prone to have one night stands. I find, uh, Scorpios do, but it's in, in like a dumb overcoming and conqueror kind of quest a conquering quest they're much different with it and that's who they are it has that sexual belief to them that sensuality to them sex is very sacred to scorpios whereas sagittarius it's a little bit different they have that traveling bug that wanting to move and go with the flow and and that so i would take a sagittarius easily out dancing Get those hips moving, especially Latin music. Ooh, move those hips. All about the hip movement. Get the like energy going. Cause Sagittarius love energy. So using that that kind of like how Aries and Leo do, they like to be entertained. You want to kind of go with like the music, whether you're going out to a concert or whether you're, you know, going out for Latin dancing. Something that's fun, exciting, something that gets your body moving, everything moving. And give those hips attention. Hold the hips. Be in that area, you know. So make sure, like, you know, look into cunnilingus and look into, you know, fellatio. Make sure you have some kind of hidden skill, look up some neat ways of, of really getting into their play. A very big key that I would suggest is listening for them. When you are doing the foreplay, listen to the way that their breath goes, the way that their body moves. If their hips move up, that may be an indication that you're doing something right right? So like, just pay attention to the cues because Sagittarius still want to be a focus. They want to be attention, but they also want to teach you. So take a little bit of that into play, you know, have them teach you, teach you what they like. Ask them, what do you like? What do you want me to do to you? What really gets you turned on? I want to make it all about you. I want to make sure I'm doing everything that's good for you. Ooh, ooh, they would like that. Now we're into Capricorn. Capricorn want to be made to feel weak at the knees. But they do have a very career focus. So keep in mind, too, that if a Capricorn is financially struggling or they don't have a career yet, if there's something tied to like that aspect... Their love life really honestly sits on the balance of that. They need to have that money flow coming in. They need to feel secure and grounded. And so their mantra is I used. So Capricorns, I will definitely say 
are very focused on attention for them and it isn't necessarily a reciprocating attention. So Capricorn and Libra would definitely not be a good match. Nay, 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 nay. <laughs> but a Capricorn with a Cancer would be a good match because a Cancer doesn't really care necessarily that the attention isn't on them per se. They really are people pleasers, huge people pleasers. And so Capricorns are the opposite of that. They're more prone to do missionary position and very, uh, I would say, I don't want to say boring, but it is honestly a lot more boring positions. They're not necessarily adventurous. They'll say that they want to be adventurous, but when you come in with all your toys, you got your sex toys in, you've got your belts, you've got your whips, you've got your mask, you've got everything in and you're ready to go. And the Capricorn may be like, Woo hoo hoo I'm I'm adventurous, but I'm not that adventurous. So they would be one that I would really focus on making them feel good and focused maybe on that missionary position. They may just come in and do it. There is an intimacy, but it's a lot of a disconnect I find too with the intimacy as well. So it's making sure that their whole life, <laughs> their their career, everything is going good. When it's going good, sex is good. When it's not going good, sex is not very very good. I'm sorry. I've been with a Capricorn for two years and I found that it really depended upon her her finances and where her finances were. And that can, for an Aries, be kind of stressful sometimes. And with a Capricorn, they do have this almost self-conscious aspect to them. They're always looking for a mountain with a better lake so that they can enjoy their life. And they're always looking for better in that aspect when it comes to careers, finances, their home so on and so forth. Not their partner. They are definitely going to be committed to their partner. So if you're looking for somebody to make you sandwiches to make you feel better and, you know, make you sandwiches every single day so that you're always healthy and that a Capricorn's the way to go to when it comes to sex, it is very like military-esque, you know, we have a job to do. Let's do it. So maybe adding a little bit more spice to it building up their confidence a little bit more, having them wear sexual, you know, sex, you know, sexual lingerie, male and female, because men can have some really gorgeous ones. If you're non-binary as well, there are some non-binary companies coming out with beautiful, non-descriptive lingerie. I think lingerie can work for both. Like Scorpio, though, you could be a male wearing female lingerie and ooh, that would still be hot and sexy for them. Oh, God loves Scorpios and their sexual exudance. Aquarius are definitely unique. They are all about the legs. And I know that Aquarians are one that they'll have really adventurous and unique sex. They will come up with some really interesting techniques and positions and and ways to go about it they're very creative and they're not afraid of doing anything but in the same breath an aquarian needs their own space too so if you become very needy with them they're not ones that are gonna like it they need to like basically like you piss off i've got to do shit like i've got to do stuff for work i've got to do stuff for like my school like piss off like and then I'll come to you and don't worry trust me it's worth the wait when it comes to Aquarians they do have the same kind of openness as Scorpios do but I find Aquarians are just so much more unique in it they add a little bit of sparkle and spice yeah they're like a spicy rainbow sparkly unicorn oh they're just so unique and so for them it's all about being unique with them, matching their uniqueness and being open about it and also giving them their space. Like you don't want to become a needy SOB. Check in and say, hey, how are you? How's school? How's everything? When do you want to get together? Even that can be a little bit too much for them. So 
just keep in mind, don't become clingy. Aquarius and Cancer would not work out well because Cancer has a very clingy side. And so Aquarius would need a lot more space for that. Aquarian and Libra would work out well together because of that, because a Libra has that balancing aspect. And Aquarius will take time for their partners. They just also have to get their own shit done. Like they've got life to do. So their sex kind of like follows into suit, like wild, crazy, adventurous. And then, okay, like I've got other stuff to do. Let's do this. And Aquarius will also make you feel confident in who you are. They'll never make you feel uncomfortable during sex, which is also something that I think is really nice as well, is that they want to make sure that you're comfortable too. Pisces is all about the feet, the solidness. So like giving a Pisces a massage on their feet, really like getting them to relax, especially if they've had a really hard, hard day. They're all about being beyond personal. So they're not one I would suggest like a Pisces and Virgo would not be paired up well because Virgos are very analytical. And so sometimes Virgos can put up a huge, actually all the time, Virgos put up this massive wall and Pisces likes to be very personal. If they have sex with you a certain particular way, they're not going to have the same type of sex with another person. It's very unique with what your needs are. And they're very open and very wanting to get to know your needs. So if you have a uh, Pisces in your life, get to know their needs. Get to know what turns them on. Their mantra is, I believe. So Pisces is considered the oldest and wisest out of out of the the brackets of of the placement so like Aries is the youngest so we're most apparently the most immature and I I see some aspects for that for sure um but in the same sense Pisces is all about that water that emotions going with the flow Pisces would be awesome to go in you know in a hot tub and then a sauna and have like a very intimate moment with a water as well, going to a beach, you know, very secluded beach. And again, it's about being personal. So don't be afraid to have the lights on. You want that person. Don't be afraid to communicate. A Pisces, I think, honestly, would be awesome paired up with a Gemini for that aspect. Gemini would use that communication about sex. They would talk about it as well. And Pisces would like that aspect because it creates a very more intimate and very personal sexual experience with them. So open up with a Pisces. You don't have to give them out all your cards, but you can definitely open up when it comes to sex. I really like it this way and I don't like it this way. Don't come at it from a military militant standpoint, but come at it in a very heartfelt emotional feeling. I want to please you. What do you like? What are your things? Really like make them feel loved. Cancer would be another one that would be perfectly paired for a Pisces. That that familyness, that making you feel really loved and comforted and cared for, a lot of caring. So that's why feet are so intimate and such an intimate place to start with a, with a Pisces is doing a foot massage because honestly, like feet are, are quite an intimate place. You know, not everyone likes to touch feet. My husband freaking hates it. So again, I think Virgos and Pisces wouldn't be a good match for that particular reason. So this is just like a brief rundown of kind of how each sign would interact with sex and how it would mean. Some signs exude in it. They really need it. And other signs, not so much. It isn't an importance to them. It isn't on their number one thing. Like Capricorn, not number one. Scorpio, definitely number one. I've dated a Scorpio Libra. So there was like the balance, but sex was very important to them. So there's that kind of aspect. I just say these things because it is, it's at the end of the day, it's really basing on what partner you have and focusing on that partner and what level you are at with that partner. If you just met them, you're obviously maybe not comfortable enough to talking about what brings you pleasure, what brings you joy. If you're not with somebody, again, it's all about what works for you, what's a balance for you. There are some zodiac signs that are totally into, 
you know, males who are with cis females, they would be into strap-ons. So, you know, there are certain signs that are into that. Scorpios would definitely be more adventurous. Libras depends on who they're with. So all of this stuff is fun information to just take at hand. At the end of the day, you just want to make sure that you're having safe sex and you're always consenting. Make sure that both parties are consenting on it. And this has been an absolute pleasure discussing these wonderful topics with you. And definitely cannot wait till Saturday and you can listen into something super special that day as well. So as always, keep on sparkling gem witches. This is Lady L and you are just listening to Wickedly Bewitching. Wickedly Bewitching is a weekly podcast where I, Lady L, from Lady L's Cupboard, will be sharing fascinating stories about the paranormal and experiences with the afterlife. We'll also talk about astrology, herbology, energy, tarot, and all things that are witchy. I will also have special guests from time to time doing interviews with like-minded people. I hope to be able to utilize this platform to inspire other witches and people who are curious to infuse their everyday lives with a little bit of magic. If you don't already, you can follow Wickedly Bewitching Podcast on Facebook and Lady L's Cupboard on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lady L Cupboard. As always, sprinkle magic wherever you can and keep on sparkling gem witches. Blessed be.